This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, June 4th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Some members of Congress are hoping to spend big to help first-time homebuyers get that all-important down payment together. But in a hot housing market where supply is the main problem, it's hard to see the benefits of such a policy. Nolan Gray is a housing researcher at the University of California. We spoke this week. The housing market went on kind of a, I don't know, wild roller coaster adventure during this pandemic. A lot of houses just magically vanished off the market in March 2020. People thought, well, we'll just we'll just wait this out. And uh, for those that remained on the market, prices generally, especially in uh, densely populated urban areas, shot up. And now that we hope the pandemic is is waning uh, and ending, maybe we'll get back to something more normal. But there are members of Congress right now who, uh, and we should note, normal wasn't great. Um, and now Maxine Waters and some other members of Congress would like to see the federal government play a direct role in helping first-time homebuyers put together a down payment. I know what you're going to tell me, but I want you to tell me anyway. Why is that such a terrible idea? <laughs> well, first, thanks so much for having me. But, uh, you know, as you sort of say, we're right in the middle of a perfect storm with respect to housing markets. Uh, according to the Case Shiller uh, U.S. Housing Price Index, uh, prices in March of 2021 are up, you know, over 13 percent over last year. Um you know, in many submarkets. So here in California, uh, home prices are up 17%. Um, you know, even in historically affordable places like cities in Texas, of course, you have uh, housing prices up there. Uh, part of that is is people moving. Um, part of it is this savings glut from the pandemic. You know, people weren't eating out. They were saving a lot of money. Part of it's low interest rates. But as you mentioned, there's a supply element here too, right? Uh, anyone who was in a house at the beginning of the pandemic isn't exactly eager to sell it and have strangers uh, touring their home uh, or even just, you know, take a risk and move. And as you mentioned, in many cases, uh, these housing markets were not particularly healthy. Uh, so in California, there was already, you know, incredibly uh, unhealthy home price appreciation. Um there's not enough supply coming online. Uh, it was forcing people to actually leave the state. So another major California headline over the last few months has been California, of course, is losing uh, a congressional seat and has actually reported population loss for the first time in the state's history. So we already, you know, we were we're in the middle of a sort of housing market maelstrom. Um, as you know, housing markets already weren't particularly healthy, and a policy that's become popular right now. Uh, for laudable reasons, has been to provide more down payment assistance. Um, you know, like I say, it's a good goal to help uh, first-time homebuyers and, in many cases, rectify discriminatory federal government uh, policies from decades past. Uh, but right now, it'd probably be throwing fuel on the fire. You would be increasing demand right as housing supply uh, is basically stagnant. Is there a rationale for why this is being offered right now? I mean, it, it strikes me as sort of the housing equivalent of uh, we're going to pay for your college. Don't worry about don't worry about the high cost of college. We're just going to pay for it for you as if that will actually help the problem. You know, I think that there's just a big sending, a spending spree that's happening right now, right? I mean, we we had all these debates about what is and isn't infrastructure. Uh, I think that there's a willingness to spend a lot of money right now to get the economy uh, back up and running. Um, and kind of housing has slipped into the mix. You know, I think more broadly, you know, the angle being taken here is that in many cases, uh, Black and, 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 and uh, Hispanic Americans were locked out 
of a lot of the housing subsidies that white Americans received. And this was a matter of federal government uh, policy. Uh, and, you know, there's a fair case to be made that the federal government has some obligation to proactively uh, mitigate some of the damage they did. Um, but when you look at the fundamentals of how the housing market is right now, down payment assistance is just unlikely to rectify that. Um, you already have incredibly high housing prices and have no new supply coming online, uh, such that if you you know have a surge in down payment assistance, that's going to be translated into higher prices for existing homes. So you and I spoke during the campaign when uh, Joe Biden was talking about ending subsidies uh, to cities that have essentially restrictive housing policies. Um, that made a lot of sense. This seems to be quite the opposite. Do, we, do you have a sense of, of where the Biden administration might come down on, on something like this? You know, it's a great question. And I think exactly to your point, you know, the Biden administration and their team ran on removing some of the barriers to supply. Um, you know, there's a reason beyond just, you know, pandemic issues or high lumber prices, why we're not getting the supply that we need. You know, people say, oh, well, you know, the pandemic's weird. A lot of projects uh, got stopped up because, you know, you couldn't have construction sites running. And well, lumber costs are really high. And that, that stuff is real and that stuff matters. And that's going to cause shortages in the in the near term. Uh, but, you know, as we were saying earlier, there are these long term issues with housing supply in the most expensive markets like California uh, or the Northeast, a place like Texas, you know, things will probably get back on track and they'll start building and housing prices will will moderate out to a healthy level over time. But in, in, in many of these, you know, long term high cost places, which in which people are getting displaced and there's incredibly high homelessness, there's a fundamental problem. And that's that local governments in many cases uh, overregulate and make it very difficult to add new housing supply. The Biden administration had, you know, recognized a bipartisan consensus and said, we need to use sort of federal uh, sticks and carrots to try to get some of these local governments uh, to remove some of these rules. Uh, but so far, that hasn't come up. And I think that they're reverting to the easier solution of let's just throw around money. Let's give more people more money. Um, but it's just not going to get the results that they're hoping for. It doesn't require that many steps in your thinking to understand that uh, putting giving first-time homebuyers uh, cash to put together a down payment a whole lot of that just goes to people who were selling homes. That's exactly right. I think that's that's kind of one of the main concerns here is that if you don't have, you know, so in a normal market, right, when demand is surging, um, you would expect suppliers to start bringing more supply online. Uh, demand surging, the price is going up. Hey, I, I can make a lot of money if I build some more houses. Um, housing markets are different in that it's very hard to build a house. Um, and in many cases, supply cannot increase to accommodate that new demand. And so what you get is just ever rising home prices. And so as you, you know, exactly as you say, a, a surge in, in down payment assistance or any kind of other demand subsidies, it's just going to translate into higher prices. Um, and that's going to be very good for incumbent property owners. Um, they're going to get free unearned wealth underwritten by the federal government. Uh, but it's not particularly good for the audience that the, or for the group of people that the federal government is actually trying to help with this policy, which is people who have been historically locked out of housing markets. Uh, if anything, it's going to make things worse for them because, you know, a small number of people who are maybe able to finagle their way into this down payment assistance might get a little bit of help buying a much more expensive home. Uh, but anyone who, you know, misses that program or isn't able to qualify or can't assemble the paperwork, honestly, the people who probably most need the help, um, they're just going to be further locked out of housing markets that are just more and more out of reach. My suspicion is that incumbent homeowners who might like to sell will see this continued surging in prices and will say, 
now's the time to get out of California. We sell our house for a huge profit, our average home in California, and then we go buy a mansion in Utah or Kentucky or somewhere else. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I you know, I, my, I have an aunt and uncle who were uh, civil servants in Sacramento and, um, the system worked well for them. They cashed out. They bought a ranch in Oregon. They're very happy. Um, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for anyone uh, for whom this works out. But you know, you can't have a long-term situation where these government uh, regulations are restricting housing supply because you're just locking the next generation out of housing. In many cases, you're making it very difficult for people to remain in communities where they might want to live. You know, if you're a young person growing up in a place like San Francisco uh, and you don't have you know a, a trust fund behind you, it's very hard to stay in the community where you're from. People who want to move to a place like uh, New York or LA or you know increasingly a city like Austin. Um, you know, in many cases, they're priced out, so they can't access the economic opportunity they need. Um, so, you know, you're totally right that there are beneficiaries of this. You know, there are there's a minority of beneficiaries of this program, and it's great for them. But you know, the the larger social impacts of these policies of restricting housing supply and just occasionally juicing supply or occasionally juicing demand with with things like down payment assistance um, is unhealthy. And so, uh, this is a federal proposal. But the overwhelming majority of uh, regulations and uh, other issues that contribute to the cost of, of new housing in particular are state and local regulation. So thread that needle. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. You know, it, it's it's an issue, right, that in many cases, uh, housing finance or, or, or housing demand subsidies, you know, think programs like Section 8, where the government kicks in uh, some of the extra rent if you're unable to afford rent. Um, you know, the, the government, the federal government runs these programs and administers the money. Uh, but then local governments are completely in control of how much actual housing is built. And, you know, if you don't, you don't have to know much beyond uh, basic microeconomics to know that if you can control the supply, you can control the price of housing. And so, you know, any kind of federal initiative to get housing prices under control or to increase housing opportunity that doesn't contend with these local supply constraints, it's just not going to be effective in the long term. And it's not going to help the people uh, who actually most need uh, the help of federal policymakers. Is there anything at the federal level that is or could be done, that any proposals that actually would alleviate skyrocketing prices absent all of the shocks that uh, we're seeing in the constraint on supply. Absolutely. You know, I think over the last few years, we've seen the emergence of a consensus around tying certain federal funds to local governments getting their act together. Um, you know, you had uh, bipartisan groups of senators from uh, Todd Young in Indiana to Cory Booker in New Jersey uh, proposing ideas to say, you know, if your city is uh, enforcing certain uh, exclusionary zoning rules that make it very hard to build uh, maybe, you know, a modest starter home on a 5,000 square foot lot, or if you have rules in place that make it illegal to build things like townhouses, which in many cases are the starter homes of 2021, um, then you're not going to be eligible for discretionary funds like uh, the community development block grant or surface transportation grants. Um, and, you know, that's not going to get every city to remove or ease some of these uh, regulatory restrictions, but it might be a helpful nudge to get them to maybe reconsider it. Um, you know, this is a very interesting space in that you basically have uh, uh, someone like like Ben Carson 
and someone like Cory Booker on the same page on this. You know, even the outgoing Trump administration was exploring some of these things and and the Biden administration uh, affirmed it. You know, Trump in the 2020 campaign uh, realized that he needed to win suburban voters and kind of did a little bit of an about face on this. But there's a bipartisan consensus around saying, you know, the federal government kind of got us into this mess in a lot of ways. Um, you know, zoning was uh, in part drafted, heavily promoted, incentivized, and then eventually even in many cases mandated by the federal government. It gave us a system where local governments can basically stop any new housing production. And now we're sort of reaping uh, all the harm of that system. And so I think it's fair to say that the federal government can say, you know, we're going to try to unwind the system. Uh, we're going to try to provide incentives uh, with some of the funds that we have. Um, and, you know, I think they could even take it a step further and say, you know, when you have certain m- municipalities that really aren't uh, doing their fair share and really have these incredibly strict rules that make it virtually impossible to build, you know, municipalities like that, maybe they shouldn't be eligible for certain uh, federal uh, discretionary treatment, you know, or certain benefits, right? So you have programs like mortgage interest deduction where, home prices are very, very heavily subsidized by the federal government. Um, you know, so you can deduct all of your mortgage payments or, you know, with the state and local tax credit, um, you can deduct your property tax or you can, you get a tech, you get a credit on your, on your property taxes up to $10,000. Um, these are programs where the federal government can basically say, Hey, if you're, if you're uh, local government's misbehaving and not allowing your fair share of housing and contributing to this national housing affordability crisis, um, we're going to take some of that stuff away. So the mortgage interest deduction is a huge giveaway to the middle class uh, to the extent that uh, people bought homes with high enough interest rates where they actually would qualify for a mortgage interest deduction. That they That is that they have enough mortgage interest uh, to pay off. And uh, yeah, I, I as you're going through that list, I realize, my goodness, yes, the federal government continues to have its thumb in housing policy uh, at the state and local level. So what's the, what's the one thing that you would do? Yeah, well, just to, on that last point, I mean, the mortgage interest deduction, uh, last I checked, is America's largest uh, housing policy, <laughs> most expensive housing policy. Um, you know, we don't think of it as a housing policy because it shows up on your tax return and and it's not really money given back to you or anything. Um, but it does frame but- your decisions uh, in a pretty key way. And it it frames your sort of choice set of what kind of house you might like to buy. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you'd get rid of the, you'd getting rid of the mortgage interest deduction. That's your well, that's your number one policy. <laughs> it's not my number one policy. I think it's good policy for a different reason, and to the extent that it's distorting the market, and mainly, you know, to the extent that we need housing demand subsidies, they probably should be going to people who who really need assistance. You know, in many cases, mortgage interest deduction um, is not going to people who struggle to access housing. Um, but I would say that I think the the conversation in terms of housing equity needs to really focus on the supply problem. Um, you know, you can give out down payment assistance all you want. You could even fully fund Section 8. Uh, but if local governments are not allowing single family and multifamily homes to be built, there's not going to be a supply of housing. The prices are just going to go up. And these people who are the intended beneficiaries are just going to be in a worse position. Nolan Gray is a city planner and housing researcher at the University of California. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.